And we're calling this series People of the Kingdom because Ephesians is a, is a book in the Bible that's all about what God has already done for the people of his kingdom. But it's also about the way that the people of his kingdom should walk with him. Simply, if we boil down the whole book, it's God's work for us and our walk for him. God's work, our walk. Now, as we begin our walk with God with little or no knowledge, what really happens is, is we, we kind of start off with God and, and, and we, we have not a lot of knowledge about what he's already done. Or we don't have a lot of knowledge about what we should be doing for him. And so here we go. We, we start off this Christian adventure, the greatest adventure of our lives. But we don't know much about what we're doing or how we're supposed to be following him. And so we're just not very informed. And every week you're going to see a new word go up here. And today's word is informed. We're not very informed about who God is and how we can follow him, what we should be doing. It's kind of like the guy who uh, took up parachuting. On his very first jump, he couldn't get his chute to open. And so he started to spiral, spiral down toward the ground really, really fast. And as he was going down, he saw another guy shooting up and just the guy went right past him. And as the guy went past him, he said, hey, do you know anything about parachutes? And the guy looked down, he says, no, do you know anything about gas stoves? <laughs> Come on, you'll get it in a minute. <laughs> a lot of times, people of the kingdom, God's people, aren't very informed about God. There are things that we need to know about our God, our almighty God. As we unpack this book of Ephesians, we hope to help you know more and more about God so you can land safely in heaven instead of being blown apart by something in this world. That's our goal for you. So today, we're looking at a prayer that Paul was praying for the believers in this brand new church that he started in the city of Ephesus. So let's take a look at Paul's prayer, beginning with verse 15 in chapter 1. In your iPad, take a look there. In your Bible, on the screen, let's go. He says, For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all of God's people, I've not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. And I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he's called you, that you may know the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people, and that you may know his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength that he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly realms far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and every name that is invoked or spoken. And not only in this present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet, the feet of Jesus, and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. There's a lot packed into this scripture. We hope to unpack it today, but let's ask God to help us do that. Fathers, we take a look at this, this scripture. Lord, you're, you're trying to have a conversation with us. You're trying to, to let us know some things. So, Lord, help us to unpack this and pour it deep into our minds and our hearts and our soul today. I pray in Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen. 
So Paul here, he's praying for the people of the kingdom of God, that they might know God the Father and Jesus the Son better and better and better. And there are three things from this scripture that we need to know about God. Three things that we need to be informed about as people of the kingdom. First of all, write this down. We need to be informed about God's calling. His calling. Because His calling, if we respond to it, fills our lives with incredible hope. If we are informed about what He has called us as the people of His kingdom to be part of, we have incredible hope. It fills us with a sure hope. A confident hope. In fact, verse 18, he says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he, God, has called you. Write this down. God's calling, it is full of hope. Full of hope for you. He has called you to be part of his family and his eternal kingdom. But listen, God's plan to call you up into his holy heaven could not happen because sinful man can never live in God's holy heaven. So what do we do? Well, God gave his only son. And his only son, Jesus, gave his sinless life as a ransom, as a payment to buy us back from the one who had taken us captive, who had made us his... He became his... I can't get it out. He became our master. And we became captive and in bondage to him and sin. And and his name is Satan. And so Jesus came to buy us back from Satan. So here we are in the midst of a hopeless world. Having no hope of living as people of the kingdom in God's holy heaven. But you can have the hope of life in heaven. Because God the Father's call came to you. He called you at some way, at some point in your life. And God the Son's payment for your sins. That gives us the hope of heaven. Best known verse in the world says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son. And whoever believes in him will never perish, but have eternal life. Folks, that's talking about life in heaven. The Bible goes on to say, Christ also died for sins once for all. The just for the unjust. The just one being Jesus for us, the unjust. So that he might, here it is, bring us to God. Having been put to death in the flesh, but then made alive in the spirit. Folks, eternal life in heaven with God the Father and Jesus the Son is that upward call of the Father to you. He is calling you to be a part of his forever family in heaven. He's calling you to come and live in his house forever. And if you place your belief in Jesus, if you put your trust in Jesus to forgive you of your sins and to come in and be the Savior of your life, you will have life eternal in heaven after you die, done, signed, sealed, and delivered. And God's people said, Amen. One day, if you made Jesus your Savior, you will hear Jesus say, Come. You who are blessed by my Father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. If you've made Jesus Christ your Savior, one day you're going to hear Jesus say, come. Maybe on a deathbed, we don't know that, but you're going to hear Jesus say, come. 
You've been blessed by my Father. And so you're going to hear, Randy's going to hear Jesus say, come. Amen, Randy? <laughs> Shirley's going to hear Jesus say, come. Scott, one day you're going to hear Jesus say, come. You've been blessed by my Father since the creation of the world. I've got a kingdom prepared for you. Come. Isn't that just, I've got chills. Isn't that going to give you chills? To hear your Savior say, come. You see, we're talking about this upward calling of God the Father. And we need to be informed about this calling. We need to inform our kids about this calling. We need to tell our kids at, at bedtime, at nighttime, about this upward calling of Jesus. We need to tell our relatives. We need to tell our friends. We need to be informed, but then we need to inform other people. And what this means is that you may lose hope for lots of things in this world. You may have hopes and dreams that never come true. You may have hopes and dreams that seem within reach, but then they slip away from you. You may have hopes and dreams that are crushed by some circumstance. But listen, what God has called you to, what God has given you a hope for, you cannot lose unless you choose to lose it. Unless you choose to walk away from God. If God has called you, He has called you to a sure thing that you can count on. Eternal life in heaven with him after you die. It is a sure thing if Jesus is your Lord. Amen? And that life begins now. And that life never ends. The body dies. The body goes away. But our spirit lives with Jesus forever and ever. God's, God's upward call fills the life of every Christian with incredible, sure, confident hope. But next, God's calling, I want you to know, it is clear. It's something that's, that's clear. You know, there's a lot of things in life today that are just gray. Amen? <laughs> a lot of things that are just gray. But this calling is black and white. It is clear. In fact, before you were born, God called you to be holy and blameless in his sight. That was the plan before he created anything. He planned to call you into his house he planned for you to become a holy family to fill his house in heaven forever and ever. In fact, the Bible says, for he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. God's upward calling is clear. And his calling is that we be a holy family, that we become holy like he is holy. But we know that that's only possible through the sacrifice and the love of Jesus Christ. And Jesus says it this way. My sheep listen to my voice and I know them. You see, Jesus knows if we're playing the game. If we're just kind of showing up and going to church. We can even sing the songs. We can even lift our hands. But he knows if we're playing the game. He says, I know my sheep. I know who you are. And they follow me. And I give them eternal life and they shall never perish never perish in hell to pay for sins no no one will snatch them out of my hand says jesus so listen before you were ever born god planned to give you this upward calling and then after you die if you've been a follower of jesus you will live with jesus he knows you he'll say father i know them they're part of the family and you will live with him after you die and even in the meantime, he's called you to, to live in a way that's worthy of this upward calling. The calling to come live in his house in heaven forever. Folks, 
The question is, are we really living in a way that's worthy of this kind of upward call? Can you really get it in your heart and mind, get your head around it, that almighty God, creator of all that exists, is giving you an upward call to come up and live with him for all eternity? And if that is true, that holy God is calling us who mess up, but he sees us through the eyes and the the washing of Jesus, he sees us as clean and holy. If that is really true, that he's calling us up to live in his holy heaven, are we really living in a manner that's worthy of that kind of a call? What about our thoughts? What about our speech? What about our anger when somebody cuts us off or somebody does us wrong? What about the, the model that we have before our kids and our co-workers? Are we really living in a manner that's worthy of this kind of godly upward call? Think about that. Paul says it this way. I urge you to live a life worthy of this calling you have received. Let's just, let's just give God some praise for this calling. Amen. Let's just... Let's just do that. His calling is clear. His calling is to come to him through Jesus and to live a life worthy of this high calling of living with the Father in heaven. We need to be informed about this high calling. And so, folks, that means we've got to get in this word. You know, if I was to ask you to honestly respond how often you've been in the word this week, how often you sit down and just said, God, speak to my heart, and you've read his word, it might be embarrassing to some of us. How many haven't been in his word? And if we're not in his word, we're not informed about things like his high calling. And we, we've got to get, we get informed. Secondly, we need to be informed about God's inheritance. There's an inheritance coming. And Paul writes, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he's called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. Now, when I think about inheritance, I, I think about what we might receive from parents. You know, you know, and, and sometimes parents give us little parts of our inheritance early. You know, I got a pocket watch and it's from my great, great grandpa, you know, nice pocket watch. But I looked at it as nice as it is, and I go, really? This is my inheritance? <laughs> you know? And, and, and sometimes we, we say, wow. But we look for our, sometimes things to come from our parents. But when we think about our spiritual inheritance, we might think about what we might receive from our Heavenly Father. And, and, and it's clear that those of us who overcome sin and remain true to Him and, and follow Him, we're going to receive an inheritance that far outseeds exceeds anything that we could ever imagine or even dream up. The Bible tells us that we're going to receive riches beyond what we can imagine because our names have been written into God's will, His Lamb's book of life. So there's going to be an inheritance. But you need to understand that this Scripture is not talking about you and me. It's talking about an inheritance that God is going to get. That God is going to receive riches that he will receive. So the question is, what in the world could God possibly desire? <laughs> he's, he's got it all. What does God possibly need? 
What could God possibly want? Well, the riches, the inheritance that God wants is a holy family. That's the one thing he doesn't have, is a holy family to fellowship with him for all eternity in his house. God's inheritance, well, it's his people. The inheritance he's waiting to receive is you and me. He wants to inherit a family that's turned from sin and turned to him. He wants to inherit a family that decided to stop loving sin and decided to instead love him. Make him first. Follow him. And he wants a people that have done that out of their own free will. Now, when God created us, he he could have made us like robots. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Whatever you say, God. And he'd say, well, love me. Okay, God, I'll love you. He could have made us like robots. But that's not what he wanted to receive. He wanted to receive a family who said out of their own free will, God, I'm done with sin. It leads nowhere. God, I'm going to follow you. That's that's what he wants. That's what he wants to inherit, you and me, who have decided to follow Jesus, believe in Jesus, be Christians, be saints. It is his people that he wants. And listen, and this inheritance, God says, it is glorious to him. God is going to be rich in saints with people who love him. God's house is going to be filled and loaded with saints from every nation, from every tribe, from every tongue of people who love him. And he prizes each one who comes to him. He treasures each person who comes to him. In fact, he calls each one of us who come to him glorious. How many of you feel glorious this morning? (laughs) Wow. You know, when we look at our lives and how messed up we can be and how imperfect we can be, we think, wow, I wouldn't be much of an inheritance for God. He might look at me like I look at my pocket watch. (laughs) Is that it? But no, that's not how God sees us. He says, we are glorious. Listen, get this deep in your soul. Leave with this in your heart this morning. God thinks I am glorious. Because that's true. Get that deep in your heart. You are God's inheritance and he is thrilled about it. You need to know that. He is thrilled about the prospect of you coming to be in his house forever. We need to be informed about God's high calling because it gives us hope. We need to be informed about God's inheritance because it lets us know how much God really loves us. And last, we need to be informed about God's power. God has a power that's beyond all power. And then write this down. God's power, it's for us. His power is for you. Paul says it this way. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he's called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. It's an unparalleled power. You know, Jesus was the first to experience The power of God when it raised him from the dead. The power of sin and death could not keep him in the grave. 
When the power of God was unleashed inside his tomb, unleashed inside his body, Jesus came alive again. And the Bible says that same power is the power that God will give to every follower of Christ for the purpose of overcoming sin and temptation in this life. For the purpose of living for him, serving him, worshiping him, telling others about him. And at the end of our lives, that same power that raised Jesus from the grave, that same power that caused him to ascend into heaven and into the presence of the Father is the same power that will lift you and me into the presence of God Almighty. God's great power is for us. It gives us victory over sin and even victory over death. And all of God's people said, Amen. And something about His power, it's not only for us, but it is unmatched. It's unparalleled. It's unstoppable. It's incomparably great. Paul says, That power that I send to my people is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly realms. Far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in this present age, but in the one to come. Listen, the power of God that's available to you and me is the same power that planted Jesus into the womb of Mary. It's the same power that enabled Jesus to overcome temptation and sin and live without sin. It is the same power that empowered Jesus to go through with the pain of the cross. It is the same power that caused the heart of Jesus to beat again and come alive. It is the same power that lifted Jesus from earth's soil and seated him with the Father in heaven. Listen, that is the power that's available to you and me. It's hard to believe, but the same power, that unmatched power, is for us. But folks, we have not tapped into that power, amen? And part of the reason we haven't tapped into that power is because we don't know about it. We haven't been people of the Word. We haven't been sitting at the feet of Jesus in quietness and listening to His small, still voice. Speak to our hearts so that he fills us and we go out and we move and we walk and we talk with great power. That power is for us, but we haven't tapped into it because we haven't become informed people. I can preach myself till I'm blue in the face. And I can try to inform you. But until you get at the feet of Jesus and you begin to read his word for yourself. And you begin to let his Holy Spirit take that word deep into your heart and mind. It's only then that you'll begin to experience the power of Jesus Christ for living day by day. Amen? Oh, you don't believe it, right? There's so much more that God has to offer us. There is so much more that he wants to reveal to us and show us and have us experience in him. We have not tapped yet into the power of God. Listen, when we really come to know God, we move from being powerless nobodies to become powerful somebodies. We become the people of the kingdom. The people of God's forever kingdom. We've got to tap into that power. We begin to operate on a whole new level because we become informed about who our God is. 
We become informed about what God has called us to be. We become informed about what a glorious inheritance that He thinks we really are. We become informed about this power that's available to us. And so we begin to live in greater victory. God never intended to keep His family in the dark. Instead, He turns on the light and He shows us all that we can have if we respond to His call. And how we can live in victory if we respond to His call. But we've got to get into His Word. And when we do, He'll turn on the light. His Holy Spirit will illuminate His Word to us. We have been informed by God. But we'll never be informed unless we get into this. Amen? Amen. We need to be informed people. And when we get informed, We'll tap into the power of Almighty God. And folks, nothing can stop you then. Nothing can stop this church when we truly tap into the power of God. Would you bow with me? We need to be informed about His calling, His inheritance, and His power. If you're here this morning and you are a follower of Jesus, but you want to recommit You want to tap into his power? Would you just pray this prayer in your heart as I pray it? Father, I commit as one of your family members to begin reading your word so I can become an informed follower. Thank you for your upward call. Thank you for seeing me as a glorious inheritance. And thank you for making your power available to me. And this morning, if you're not yet a part of God's family, but you want your sins to be forgiven and you want to have a sure hope that you can live after you die in God's house, in God's holy heaven for all eternity, would you pray this prayer in your heart? Would you simply say, Father, thank you for all you've done. To let me be part of your family. Today I respond to your calling. I ask Jesus to come into my life. To forgive me for all my sins. I believe that you Jesus died to pay for my sins. I believe you came to life again. I believe that you ascended into heaven. I believe you're there preparing a place for me to live with you. Today, I've decided to follow you. Today, I want to be a part of your kingdom. I ask this in your precious name, Lord Jesus. With all heads bowed, if you prayed that last prayer, the Bible says, Jesus says, if you confess me before men, I'll confess you before my Father. Would you just like to say, Pastor, pray for me, and I want to confess to you that I prayed that prayer. I asked Jesus Christ to come into my heart. Would you just lift your hand wherever you are? Wonderful. Awesome. Great. Wonderful. Father, as we close today, I I just pray that each person who prayed this prayer, that you will just give them a real sense of your presence in in their lives. Let them sense, Father, that they've been washed clean, that you look at them and you don't see sin. You see their lives, their hearts as white as snow. 
Let them have that sense of that true reality of what you've done in their lives. As they leave this place, Lord, we know that the enemy's going to want to attack. And so I just pray that you'd put your hedge of protection around them. Help them to get into your word this day and this week and start learning who you really are. We ask this in Jesus' precious name. And all of God's people said, amen.